are listening to the AI with Maribel Lopez podcast, or AI with ML. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining. The AI with ML podcast is produced bi-weekly with occasional bonus episodes. This podcast shares the stories of the people behind the new world of data and AI. What are they creating and why does it matter? If you like this episode, please subscribe so you can easily find the podcast again. You can also share your feedback and ideas with me on Twitter and LinkedIn. All links are in the show notes. Extended show notes can be found at AIwithML.com slash podcasts. I hope you'll enjoy the show. You are listening to the AI with Maribel Lopez podcast or AI with ML. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining. The AI with ML podcast is produced bi-weekly with occasional bonus episodes. This podcast shares the stories of the people behind the new world of data and AI. What are they creating and why does it matter? If you like this episode, please subscribe so you can easily find the podcast again. You can also share your feedback and ideas with me on Twitter and LinkedIn. All links are in the show notes. Extended show notes can be found at AIwithML.com slash podcasts. I hope you'll enjoy the show. I'm Maribel Lopez, the founder and principal analyst at Lopez Research. I'm a market researcher, a technology industry analyst, and I also help technology companies with their marketing. I really love technology. I'm excited about the advances in technology, which is one of the reasons why I've been looking at AI. I'm also very passionate about showcasing role models, leaders in technology, and I'm dedicating the first part of this series to wonderful tech leaders that also happen to be women in hopes of inspiring more women in tech. So with that, I'd like to introduce today's guest, Alice Shang. Alice is the head of AI Ethics Office, Sony Group Corporation, and senior research scientist of AI Ethics lead at Sony AI. So that's a whole lot. So Alice, welcome to the show. And to get started, could you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you got into AI Ethics? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much, Maribel. And thank you again for having me today on your podcast. So in terms of how I got into AI ethics, I actually started out my career more on the pure quantitative and technical side. And so my background was in statistics and econometrics, but I was always really interested in the societal implications of technology. And originally, I actually thought I would be working more on the econ policy side of things. But what brought me to AI ethics in particular was actually a job I had at a major technology company where I was working on a machine learning model to try to predict whether individuals might be interested in job opportunities. And so this was back before people had really started talking about AI ethics. It's back before algorithmic bias was really a term that people used. But something that I realized as I was building this model was that the data that we are using was biased in the sense that it was predominantly from folks who were professional technology workers in either coast of the United States. And so it's definitely not a great representation of the global usership of this platform. And so I had some concerns in terms of what my model would learn trained on this sort of data. And also I realized my own limitations as a machine learning developer trying to create a model that would 
work for everyone, given my own background as a college-educated technology worker with multiple graduate degrees from elite schools. I didn't really feel like I was necessarily in the best place to say what would be the features that would be able to predict for everyone, whether they would be interested in looking for a job opportunity. And so those were some of the early concerns that I had in my own experience as an ML developer that made me really interested in these topics in AI ethics. And so later when I went on to law school, I really focused on this intersection between law and technology and thinking about um, not only on the technical side of things, how do we develop fair models, but also how do we create a governance and policy structure that will help make it easier for folks like my previous self who realize that there are these sorts of issues but don't necessarily feel equipped purely from a technical standpoint to be able to address all of these challenging questions of how do you build ethical AI. And so I've really enjoyed how um, the AI ethics space has given me a unique opportunity to really marry these different aspects of my background and directly address some of these problems that I myself had encountered as a practitioner in the field. I think this is one of the biggest issues that companies don't realize they have with AI right now. Um, One of them is this data representation issue. So you might have inaccurate data, you might have missing data, societal norms may have changed, the corpus of data might have been biased to begin with, as you mentioned. So this is a real critical issue for organizations that they need to look at at the beginning of their model efforts. So I'm happy that we're getting a chance to talk about this and and share that little nugget with people that it really is a challenge that needs to be addressed. So what are you actually doing with Sony for AI ethics at this point? Yeah, so I actually have um, two hats on at Sony. So one is as the senior research scientist leading our AI ethics research team. And so in that role, I lead a really great team of AI researchers who are focused on cutting edge um, questions in the fairness, transparency, and accountability space, including many of these questions of how do we collect um, more ethical data, both from the perspective of ensuring that we're The way that we're collecting it is ethical and involves informed consent, and we're really interrogating the relationship between the data collector and the data subject, but also in terms of how do we account for these challenges around data representation. It's easy to notice when there's a major problem, but not necessarily to say what would be the ideal thing to do from a representation standpoint. So, for example, how do you define the relevant taxonomy of the types of diversity that you need to check for? then how do you actually check for that kind of diversity and how do you actually ensure that you collect sufficiently diverse data in order to mitigate future biases on models that might be trained on that data. So once you kind of dig into these more specific questions, it does become really challenging and there are a lot of open research questions within the space. So that's one of the major areas that we're working on in terms of bias mitigation. And then in my other role, I lead our AI ethics office, which is the entity in Sony headquarters that's responsible for conducting AI ethics assessments across all of Sony's AI businesses. And so there, I lead a team of AI ethics specialists who are responsible for working with the business units, collecting information about their AI products, ensuring that we are assessing these Um, AI products um, at every stage of the development process. So from the planning stage before any line of code has been written to the design stage, to the actual development stage, and then pre-deployment and post-deployment. 
And so we take a very holistic view of this process because at the end of the day, we're trying to enforce ethics by design rather than ethics as um, an afterthought right at the end of the process. So in this way, we're really hopeful that as Sony is expanding its reach in terms of incorporating more AI products, that we can do so in a way that where AI ethics is a major competitive advantage for us. I think one of the things you mentioned there is really interesting, and that's that you can insert this in each part of the process. So some people have thought about it at the beginning. Some people have thought about it at the end because like, oh, we got to go back and figure this out. But then the other thing is they don't necessarily think about it as the model is in production and making sure that you're going back and looking at it, making sure it's acting the way you want it to and it has the right outcomes that you'd expect and things don't look a bit off. So those multiple touch points, I think, are very important. So it sounds like from where you sit, you probably have a wide purview of what you could be doing. So what do you think are some of the biggest trends in AI now that you know, you're looking at, that you think other people should be looking at? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say one of the biggest trends that I've seen is increasingly AI ethics is not just an area that's purely about research and is something that's very new. Increasingly, people are thinking about this more from a legal and compliance perspective, as we're seeing AI ethics not only be something that is talked about in public discourse, but also increasingly is being part of potential regulations. And so especially recently with the proposed EU AI regulation. I think that's really stepped up efforts across industry where people realize that this is something that we really need to invest in and in a more formal way, not simply in an opt-in way of, well, you're building AI products and we have some researchers on the team who can maybe help out, but instead as we actually need to have some sort of assessment process in place, some sort of compliance process And so I think that's been a very interesting shift, and it's part of what's also led to, I think, an increasing focus on not only the very kind of high-level principles within AI ethics, but how do we actually operationalize those in practice? And I say that because I think kind of the first wave of AI ethics was really companies adopting these high-level AI ethics principles and sort of putting their foot out there into that um, area. But now we're dealing with a lot of these more nitty gritty challenges of, well, how do you take something as nebulous as fairness or ensuring that your product actually works for everyone and actually operationalize that in practice? And this raises a lot of really difficult questions, both from a research and from a governance perspective um, that personally I find very interesting in the space and As a result, I do think there's going to be a growth in terms of opportunities in this space for folks who are specializing in particular in AI ethics. I actually think you're you're totally spot on with the the concept of AI ethics. You know, it wasn't necessarily a role for most organizations in the past, but I think it's definitely going to be a role for organizations going forward. So one of the things I always like to ask is, do you think that there's anything that people misunderstand in the field, you know, an obstacle that they typically don't see coming? Yeah, definitely. So I would say that oftentimes the rhetoric I hear is that I think people often assume that bad things happen with AI products or AI ethics does not succeed simply due to a lack of business incentives or businesses just not really caring about AI ethics. And at least in my experience, I would say that 
it's not so much that developers don't care about AI ethics or don't want their products to be fair or ethical. It's more so that it's actually very challenging in practice to operationalize these principles. And because AI ethics is quite a new field, it's really only been in the past five or so years that we've seen substantial research come out in this space. It's really still a point where you can't just say, here are the best practices that everyone in industry agrees upon. And as long as you integrate these best practices in your work, then you're good to go. It's still at the phase where there really isn't that sort of consensus. There's a lot of research papers that have been written, a lot of increasingly white papers as well in this space. But if you are actually a practitioner trying to audit your system, trying to improve your system. It's not really clear what the best tools are that you should use to do so and what the right boundaries are. And so in that sense, I think what is really useful about AI ethics functions within companies is to try to bridge that gap because we shouldn't be expecting every individual practitioner or developer to have to figure all of this out by themselves. And indeed, if we actually want to have ethics by design, there needs to be much more granular principles and guidance in place. And so for me, I think that is the major gap. And it's a little bit more of a prosaic gap than the sense that people don't care. <laughs> but on the plus side, I think it's a more inspiring gap to try to fill. You can fill this gap by trying to make things easier for folks to do and not in a way in terms of lowering standards, but in a way of figuring out how that you can bring them up to the standards by providing them the knowledge, information and tools to in order to enable that. Great. Makes total sense to me. What advice are you giving organizations right now as they think about moving in their AI journey? I mean, you probably don't specifically go out and consult, but you know, you meet with people and you're probably sharing ideas for the people that are listening. You know, what would be one or two things that you would share with them? Yeah, definitely. So I would say that one of the most important aspects of succeeding in the AI ethics space is having senior leadership buy-in because even though we are seeing a growing trend towards regulation in this space, there isn't actually that much regulation that has actually been instantiated that's directly salient to AI ethics. And so as a result, it's still easy for AI ethics to be seen as something that's extra or not totally necessary. It's not part of a traditional legal compliance process where lawyers can come in and say, yeah, you have to do this because this is the law. Instead, as an AI ethics practitioner, we are going out and saying this is based on the research and based off our understanding of industry practices and what's possible. This is what we want you to do in order to uphold the broader principles of our organization. But that's still a little bit squishy. And so if you have senior leadership that is really on board and can vouch for how important AI ethics is, I think that's incredibly important such that you're not just you know, going out there and trying to encourage people to do extra, but this is actually something that's very embedded in the company policies itself. And my last question for you, and by the way, I do agree with the whole, um, we might end up having a set of AI regulations given to us if we aren't more proactive about this. I know that there are different parts of the world that are actually working on these standards, but you definitely need to have executive commitment in terms of funding, uh, getting resources, looking at these different challenges. So in closing, I want to know what you're excited about in the space. What, what thrills you in AI ethics moving forward? 
Yeah, so I would, yeah, there's a lot I would say. So first, I guess, on the research side, a lot of the work that we're doing right now is specifically related to computer vision and fairness. And so I think it's, this has been an area that has been very challenging and that much of the discussion in the public discourse around algorithmic fairness has been animated by instances of computer vision models clearly not performing as well for certain people versus others. And so I'm really excited that we are directly doing work to try to address this issue. And again, we're not just focusing on this kind of at the end of the day after you've already built the model, but really starting at the very, very beginning in terms of the data collection process and how do you do that part well. And I think that's so important because oftentimes in the machine learning space, people are so divorced from the data that they're using. They don't really see themselves as being involved in the data collection or creation process. But that's actually so important for many of the challenges that we see later on. In fact, more on the governance side of things, often the problem is if you realize there's a major problem with the model at the end of the day, the best way you could have fixed that would have been going back to the data at the beginning of the day and using a better, cleaner, more diverse, more representative data set. And by the time you're at the end, it's really hard to go back to the very beginning. And so I'm really excited about the work that we're doing on that and also some tools that we're building for detecting and auditing bias in computer vision systems and other machine learning systems. And then also thinking about ways to mitigate bias that we do find. So on the research side, I'm really excited about those directions. And then also when we're looking at the governance side of things, it's really interesting to try to address governance for such a large company with so many diverse businesses. And so at the moment, we have our AI ethics assessment process for our electronics business unit. But increasingly, we are expanding the scope of our assessments. And Sony is just such an interesting company in terms of the wide variety of business units that we have and different types of AI products. And so I think it's a really great place to work from that perspective in terms of just seeing the wide gamut of different types of AI ethics um, concerns that might arise, but in a context where we are really committed to working on these issues and doing the utmost possible to address them early in the process instead of later on. I love the concept of addressing problems before they even become problems. I think we need that in every aspect of what we're doing in a company. Alice, thank you so much for your time and your insight, and I look forward to seeing what you do next in AI. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. Show notes, subscription links, and additional content can be found at AIwithML.com slash podcast. Until next time, wishing you all the best. Thank you for listening. Show notes, subscription links, and additional content can be found at AIwithML.com slash podcast. Until next time, wishing you all the best.